I'm not. You know I cannot marry a woman who won't be able to produce the next heir plus a spare. Demian didn't reply immediately. They were both too personally aware of the costs associated with those issues. You aren't your father. You don't have to marry a woman you don't love in order to provide an heir. I have no intention of doing so. Neither will I marry a woman I like, whose only hope of providing that child would be via often painful and not always successful fertility treatments. You could adopt, like my parents adopted you. They didn't formally adopt me. I am still a Zaretsky. It was never your father's intention that I inherit the throne. You were just his spare, Max muttered with some bitterness. Demian shrugged. Duty is duty. And my duty precludes asking Julian Harris to marry me. His personal sense of honor also dictated he break things off with her as soon as possible. You don't love her? Demian asked with only mild curiosity. You know better. Love only leads to pain. Demian quoted one of Max's mother's favorite refrains. Max added the rest. And the compromise on duty. Both men had reason to believe it, too. What are you going to do? Demian asked, dropping back into a sparring stance. Max executed a simple forward jab-left-hook combo. What do you think? Eh, I'll miss her. Max didn't doubt it. One of the reasons he decided to ask Jillian to marry him was that despite her mostly small-town upbringing, she got along surprisingly well with his family and successfully navigated social situations many would find overwhelming. The daughter of a renowned world news correspondent, Jillian had been attending events with the world's richest and most powerful since a young age. Demian blocked Max's kick and returned one of his own. Are you going to tell her tonight? I may not need to. The lovely blue-eyed blonde would have gotten a copy of the results of her latest physical. Jillian would know about the reasons behind her irregular menses now as well. She already knew the responsibilities associated with his position. She should be expecting the dissolution of their relationship. A more practical woman than most, he had hopes there would be no awkward breakup scene. Yes, Nana, I think tonight's the night, Jillian said into the phone, mashed to her ear with her shoulder as she hopped around the room, trying to get her shoes on. Has he told you he loved you yet? Evelyn Harris, Jillian's nana and the woman who had raised her, asked. No. Your grandfather has told me every night before we go to sleep for the last 48 years that he loves me. I know, nana. But Max was different. He held his emotions in check like it was a royal imperative. And ever the dutiful prince, he obeyed. They came out when he was making love, though. After a fashion. Max made love with the single-minded intensity of a man who was thinking of nothing else but pleasing and getting lost in the woman who shared his bed. For the past seven months, that woman had been Jillian. They dated a month before he took her to bed the first time. She'd found that odd at the time, considering his reputation. But later she'd realized that, as unbelievable as it might seem, 
Max was looking for more from her than a casual bed partner. And while she'd been more thrilled than shocked, she'd been stunned all the same. She didn't belong in his circle. She was not rich, famous, or powerful. But Jillian's father still liked to see her when he was in town. That inevitably meant going to some function or other on his arm. He couldn't dedicate time simply to visiting her, so he included Jillian in his schedule. As a famous news correspondent's unremarkable daughter, Jillian had attended more than her fair share of diplomatic and high-society events. No one had been more shocked than she when it turned out that Crown Prince Maxim Yurkovich of Volyarus seemed to like Unremarkable. Several comments made by him, and a couple by his mother on the few occasions Jillian had met the Queen, had made it clear that royalty did not look for notoriety.